This is Up the Creek, the definitive Jonathan Creek podcast with your host, my good friend Daniel Krupa and me, Gav Murphy. Today we deal with a fading pop star, a hostage situation, and Jonathan's very weird date. On this podcast, we talk about Jonathan Creek via the effect, the method, and the reveal. Daniel, what is the effect of angel hair? A woman has her shoulder-length hair cut off, only for it to be magically restored 48 hours later. That's it. <laughs> How is it not a B storyline in this episode? How is it not something else going on? Because this episode needs it. Sometimes there's too much going on, and you're like, no, I think that story, the first storyline is fine. There's... This is thin on the ground. After the previous one, where there's a lot and there's murder. If I was Brendan, it's like, no way is this going on TV. This is insane that this is a full episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> because you've just set up, you've just set up, right, that there is now a TV show that Jonathan is a part of where they are going to be solving strange murders. They're going to be, they're going to be solving stuff. So... This is where I think the show gets a bit self-referential or meta. There's a line from Brendan where he says, the network loved the segment about impossible crimes and they want 26 more for the autumn. Yeah. And I don't know if this was referring to, because I think there was a period of time where the BBC wanted more. And there was also talk of an American version. Yes. And, I, and Jonathan goes, 26, are they insane? And I think it's almost taps into the fact that Renwick's struggling to coming up with Ooh, that yeah. amount of impossible crimes. Because this is... Like you're saying, it's almost not enough. Also, are they referring, when Brendan says that, the thing I can't work out, is he referring to the coonskin cap segment? Or is he referring to something else? Because I watched that segment, and they don't make it clear that it's an uh, it's an un- impossible crime section, unless they did all that with graphics and stuff after. But <laughs> Yeah, we still get a lot of Brendan and TV stuff, and we get loads of talk about Joss- Jonathan testing poorly with loads of different demographics yeah but this is quite a small mystery well not small it's a, but it's kind of a bit more parochial because there's not well one there's not a murder involved i guess there's fuck all involved mate a lady's hair that's it and we get involved in it because it's to do with the son of a guy who's making a prop for jonathan mm-hmm. that's the way into this yeah so we got henry houseman who's played by trevor peacock from vicar dibley and dudley houseman <laughs> who's played by the amazing jack d and that's the thing i like jack d's character in this and i i kind of like what they've given him because they do it's not an amazingly fleshed out character but i love the idea of you know someone who's you know a little bit grotty at heart getting together with uh, this pop star and then kind of like who's uh, she's quite sexy and over sexualized in her videos but actually is quite down to earth and normal and he likes the sexy pop star version rather than the normal version i think that oh, that's obviously ridiculous but i at least there's something to him and there's like, and I think he plays it quite well, where he's like, he's watching old DVDs of hers and things like that. And like, he's not jacking it or anything, but you can tell that he's longing for when she was like that. I also like the way he says, okay, Dorothy. Off now then, Mr. Houseman, if there's nothing else you need. Okay, Dorothy. Oh, Mrs. Houseman ran to say she won the award and to tell you all about it when she gets back. I think that's everything. Okay, Dorothy. And I've left your itinerary for tomorrow on your pillow if you want to just check it over. Yeah. 
I also I think Jackie's a really good actor as well because he's another stand-up comedian that they're putting in. That happens quite a lot. I guess it happens all around the place, really, where stand-up comedians get given like acting roles. But I guess it's mm. more sitcommy stuff, so he's doing a little bit more. And he has done quite a lot of sitcoms. This must have been one of his first acting turns, though. Maybe I think it's early on, but yeah, because it was like this. I remember Lead Balloon, but I I really really like Lead Balloon. But in that, that was quite kind of like. It was everyone was billing it as Britain's Kirby enthusiasm, sort of. Like he plays a very grumpy comedian, and it's all about his life. But it's a very sitcom. It's it's, it's a sitcom. It's a big BBC sitcom. Which is his stand-up persona? Yes, super grumpy, super grumpy, slightly mean. In his day, he was in my he was in my top because some of the stuff that he did was just so good. Well, we talked about this before. How you and I used to own a lot of stand up videos. You must yeah. have had the one where he has that kind of lilac blue suit on, and it's a very yeah, boxy yeah. suit. Yeah, I used to watch that all the time. He's he's so good, man. Because this really good bit he talks he did where it was like he talks about how quickly you go from really caring about the level of babysit you get for your kids to just not giving a shit. And the, this impression he does of like a hobo he used to, when I was a little kid, he used to think it was the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. But yeah, like I, I think he's actually quite good in it. Annoyingly, he's given an episode that it just has no plot <laughs> at all. It's literally, he goes to Jonathan Creek because he doesn't understand how she's grown her hair back. That's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he thinks it's... How's it? How's that happened? Yeah, like that's that's it. Why does he care? His marriage is fucked, and he's all alone. He's like, right, I need to know what's going on with his hair. There's no consequence of him finding out about the hair. Yeah, I know it's it definitely undoubtedly is a weird thing, but the way that he presents it, it, it's as if it is dance macabre. Yeah, episode (laughs) as if someone's died and been killed by a disappearing skeleton. It's give it's delivered with that degree of yeah ominousness. Is that even a word? Mate, he fucking breaks into his house. He breaks into the windmill to to ask him about it (laughs) because he's waiting when Jonathan comes home. That's creepy, isn't it? (laughs) It's so odd. No matter how things look, no matter how macabre. No matter how impossible. Go on. So maybe you can explain to me how a woman who's just had a full set of shoulder-length hair cut off can completely grow it back again in less than 48 hours. From the beginning? From the beginning. But anyway, yeah, so so the, the method is the video that we see of Maria having her hair cut off wasn't a recording, but it was actually a live transmission <laughs> that Dorothy, who is Dudley and Jack D's PA, I guess, yeah, like yeah. she orchestrates a whole thing in an attempt to save his marriage. So it was making it appear that Maria was out to blackmail him. When we're going through this, trying to drill down the motivations, which we can get onto in a bit, but... Yeah, so she's trying to save his marriage by making out. Yeah. So that's the payoff. And again, I think what you've got to just detach yourself for a second. This is only Jonathan Creek problem because Sally drags her by her hair. Yeah, yeah, because his wife comes back at that time. Yes. <laughs> this is one thing. I don't know why they need to shave her hair in the first place. But we'll get onto that in a second. Is it to show that they're like, we will hurt her? Yes, a proof, proof of it. <laughs> yeah, but even if, but even if that's the case... <laughs> oh, is is Dudley then meant to think when he's just seen her if she was wearing a wig? I have fucking no idea. I really don't know. I think this is one where 
come up with the idea of how it's done yeah and then trying to figure out a way to make it into an episode yeah uh, let's well, I guess let's do the clues i actually don't remember this one <laughs> what's this it says to carla again this is so what's actually weird about this episode is as soon as jonathan's been told it he figures yeah. it out immediately mm. so structurally weird episode jonathan knows how it's done immediately and a lot of the episode is him teasing carla to get to the same conclusion the only yeah. thing that jonathan doesn't know immediately is the why and the motivation yes look if you want to point her Think about that sheet or cover or whatever it was they wrapped around her. He never really revisits that point, but it's because, so it, you don't see that she's wearing the exact same clothes that she just had when she left. Yeah. That's why she has that on. It's, it's a wild clue, but Jonathan makes a big deal about it. The second one is the small square of insulating tape on the floor. Yeah. Insulating tape. With a tiny piece cut off the end. I'm sure it's of absolutely no significance. Which is also weird because Jonathan says, I'm sure it's of absolutely no significance. It's weird, but it is. So does he mean that? Because he's already said that he's figured out exactly how it's done. Yeah. So why is he saying this thing that he will know is yeah. how it, part of how it's done? Why does he say it's of no significance? Well, the thing with that I don't get with that as well is he says, I'm sure it's of absolutely no significance. And I know it is a clue, but it's just finding stuff. And he's just finding stuff in people's houses now. like And then be like, oh, that's a clue. Oh, but it's not a clue. It's All that stuff is really messy. I just don't get it. It's also actually after he says he knows how it's done. So Yeah. And then, because all along the structure is him trying to get Carla to reach the point where he's at. Yes. Is he gives her the lyrics to Bob Dylan's Blowing in the Wind, but he inverts some of the lyrics. Mm. So he's trying to lead her to this conclusion, oh, it's the wrong way around. Yes. So again, the events of Maria having her hair cut, we think they're out of order because she has her hair shaved or cut and then she has full head of hair. Mm. No, it actually happens chronologically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So weird. So he's given the epiphany to Carla to have. It's a really odd way of doing an episode, I think, where... They've done it in the past where Jonathan definitely has more information that he's letting on, particularly with Maddie. And I think, you know, sometimes she's trying to get information out of him. And, you know, she even jokes about it's like, it's like again, blood from a stone sometimes. And like, I understand that because, it, and most of the time it's because he doesn't want to reveal it all until he's got it, until he's got the whole thing. And I understand here, he doesn't understand the motivations and that's what he's trying to work out. But they make an entire episode around him just teasing Carla with it and you're just like I don't understand it's not satisfying to watch but maybe that comes from the fact that I just don't like that I don't believe those two together either so I just don't care about the relationship so I don't I don't care about the way that he is with her the most generous I can be with that is does him acting like that tie into their relationship yeah like if I'm being super generous is that just because there's still a lot of unresolved stuff in them and it's him being weird or petty with her which again is not good no that's the only way it's either that or was weird writing yeah and like that's the thing though i do i i get that idea of doing it because it happened with a scented room and it's a thing that you know jonathan worked out all the time he didn't want to let on because he fucking hated the the guy and he didn't want to yeah. let on at all he didn't want to be part of it i get that i really get that whereas here because i don't care about them as a couple i'm just frustrated a lot of the time when I was watching this. And it's immediately not for the TV show, I guess. Yeah. But also is not treated like a proper crime. 
because it doesn't seem like one. No. But then when you find out who did it and why she did it, it's actually a really horrible thing she's done. Yes, Ming Yen. Like it's really twisted. What I think is really odd is you've spent the last episode coming up with a construct for Jonathan and Carla going out on these different on the solving these mysteries and the and the first thing that you do is something that's not related to that like to the point where i know i i last you know we work it out what's his chops adrian emerson's character what's his name brendan brendan he is just a director who works for a production company and he's working on a different show when it comes and he's he's when it shows him working on a different show i was like what the fuck just happened to eyes and ears i thought this was going to be a bigger thing and they get rid of it that episode and they're just like eh, it doesn't matter it's, it's weird because in the last episode you devoted a lot of time to getting a new framework in place to make this quicker to get new crimes in and yeah this one does not fit that mold at all so if we go on to i guess dorothy and some of the motivations and behind it is she obsessed with dudley but not really she's so invested in saving his marriage yeah she recruits people to abduct a person who are these people that easily go along with this? Same in Satan's what? Chimney, how you can just hide. Because she says something like, oh, people who owe me a favor, there's a few of them in this business. What, the PAing business? That's um, that's as bad as gadget size, isn't it? You just really like, it's like, it's like the line was like, funny what you can find on the internet and all this different stuff. All these different lines, like, oh yeah, anyone will do anything for money. Like, you'll slip them a few quid and they'll, okay. So now it's just another version of the gadgets thing. It's like, I've got, I can make anything happen because anything can happen in this world. Just written in my notes, how can you so easily convince people to do mad shit? Yeah. <laughs> just because they work in the music industry. Well, I think that's the thing that I'm, so the, the lady who has her haircut, Maria, she's in on it. No. Well, this is insane then because she's no, been it's kidnapped. Actual abduction. It's actual abduction. <laughs> well, that's insane then. Because <laughs> you think, well, well, yeah, so this is why Dorothy is doing this to make it appear like Maria was trying to blackmail him. Yeah. So so they find this tape in her bag. Why would mm. she have it in it? So they watch it. But then to watch it, You've got to then think she was wearing a wig that day and that weekend when he, she was with him. Well, I think he's not meant to find it at that point. Do you not Is the only thing I was thinking? I think... No, because she's prepped he, it. No, oh, he, yes, must, it he has to find it at that point because it's a blank tape. She's ready. She's ready to do the whole thing. Yeah, I don't care. No, it's like, that's planted. <laughs> he's meant to find it. <laughs> but yeah. It is quite nice because, look, as motivations go, you wouldn't have guessed it. Uh, <laughs> I think this is the the whole pretense and setup and motivations around it just don't work whatsoever. The actual mechanics of the trick mm. are good, yeah, because the staging of her putting a tape in and let's get around the gadget of a VCR being tuned to receive a live signal, whatever yeah, yeah, that yeah, is, because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. no gadget. But I love the idea of something coming live. Yeah, she's putting a blank set, press record. So when that ejects, it is a video yeah. of that thing. Like I think that's a really neat idea of something serving two purposes. And Jonathan says at the end, oh, nice touch of rewinding. Because mm. as soon as the live transmission ends, she rewinds it to give that kind of little seller that this was a VHS all along. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. It is really good. The motivations to get to this trick just aren't so ridiculous. It's It's odd. I I just think yeah the way they presents it from the start is just is not in a satisfying way. But as you say, like the actual mechanics of it, 
I'm kind of into. Also, what happens to Maria? Does she not go to the police? Oh, well, that's why I was like, is she, she must be in on it. Because he also says, oh, I can't get in touch with her. Fair enough, she wants nothing to do. But as soon as you speak to Maria, you know exactly what happened. Because she just goes, well, she took me and shaved my head. Yeah. Cutting someone's hair off is wild like that as well. So they just go, oh, he's only meant to cut a little bit. And now he's cut loads of it off. And these are just some blokes who used to work in the music industry. They've gone fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we've had the effect, the method, and the reveal. But, as we talk about every single week, there is other things that pick up every episode of Jonathan Creek, including the Victor Meldrew Award for the most unbelievable scene. I mean, this is now, we are now just in one foot in the grave world. It's not even, it's not even a different show anymore. From the start, when he's talking about that fucking dummy, when he says 12 feet, and he's, it's not, it's not clear when he's telling the makeup artist, Tamsin Grieg, like, it's not. It's clear then and you just go well yeah this is gonna happen and then when it cuts to fucking <laughs> trevor peacock cut. it's a really good cut it is really funny i don't know if it has a place in this i don't know if it has a place in jonathan creek but it's so funny i think this is the strongest candidate for the melter award we've had so far i think because this could easily have existed in that show without any stretch yeah Definitely. Because like, you can see it. You can see Victor Meldrew. You can see the giant dummy's face come into the window. You can see him saying, screaming, I don't believe it. And like, what the bloody hell is this? What have you done? You can see all that happening. It also keeps on giving. Yeah. I love it. It's on the windmill. Yeah. It's looking in through the window. It's It keeps on going, that. <laughs> I know we're watching a TV program and, you know, obviously... It's, it's, things have got to look a certain way because they have to be entertaining. If you were delivering a giant uh, dummy for use in a theatrical thing, would you just prop it on, like, f- precariously on just a little shelf outside a windmill? <laughs> Be like, I'd probably box it up so it can travel to London. It's wild, that is. Yeah, don't just leave it outside his house. Also, it's got a kicker as well. At the end, he still needs a dummy for performance. So he gives him one that he's only ever used once. And it turns out it's in the exact image of the commissioning TV editor. Yes. That's a Meldrew moment as well. Yeah, that is wild, that is. That is absolutely wild. Um, but I, I, you know, I actually really like it. And I really like, I love that character as well, the Henry Houseman that Trevor Peacock plays. Like, I, 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 I want him to come back. I want him to do more, uh, like, dummy stuff. Or spin-off. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just thought he was a really good character, and it's like it's a shame that he's only in one episode. Have we had any characters strong enough to have a Jonathan Creek spin-off? Oh, yeah, of course. Gideon. Oh, yeah, Gideon uh, Prike. Is it Gideon Prike? Yeah. He, him. I, I also think, I think Bill Bailey's character could do it as well, but you'd have to soften him up a little bit, make him a little less creepy, but... I think I think he's back next episode actually. Mm, he is, yeah. I haven't watched that episode yet. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Jonathan being treated like a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he kind of looks like a King Charles. Yeah. You know, like with his floppy hair. So when he's running up and down that hill, which I think is in Brockwell Park, 
that whole sequence where he's running and chasing the ball and she's like tufting his hair and stuff like that would you not be like i know he's meant to be quite switched on would you not be thinking she's treating me like a dog yeah <laughs> like, he's loving it yeah so pam's just lost his springle spaniel <laughs> yeah and she he's basically the rebound for a dog it keeps on going even it can't even go then you're like what was she doing with her dog because yeah. she keeps it going on into the bedroom. Yeah, and she, like, I think the bit where he gives her a little treat and stuff, puts a treat in his mouth and he eats it. It's fucking wild. Although, to just call back to the epiphany a little bit about mm. the song lyrics being the wrong way around. Yeah. She gets out with Brendan when they're in the kitchen. He kind of says, oh, the lyrics are the wrong way around. She's yeah. then hiding in his bedroom when he's getting on with Pam. And she says, yeah. oh, we're the wrong way around because she's behind yeah. Jonathan. It's like... <laughs> How many times do you need to hear that before having the... <laughs> yeah. It's like, as I said before, she's quite switched on, but maybe sometimes not. That, when she says, the wrong way round, it sounds wild. They put the echo on it, but it doesn't sound like she's inside sarcophagus at all. I mean, I don't know what it sounds like in there. I don't think it would sound like that because it sounds like a weird dream. But yeah, Jonathan getting treated like a dog is pretty sitcom-y. You got anything else for the Meldra Awards? I think there's one outstanding candidate. <laughs> that's the 12th at Dummy. That's wild, that is. Things that's dated the most, I think the way they talk about that rap album, Hose in the Hood. Oh, yeah, I've, um, I've put that in a bit of another category as well. Oh, yeah. But I think it's meant to be, so it looks a lot like De La Soul's Three Feet and Rising album, but also, which is weird because De La Soul, quite well known for being quite one of the nicer uh, of that type of hip-hop around that time. Would you say just the album art looks like The that? album art looks like that, yeah, rather than the actual content of the songs. Um, but yeah, I think some an album called Hose Into Hood, which I don't even think at the time you would have had. I think that was a very sort of British way of thinking, uh, like incorrectly about rap music, I would have thought. Um, it's very like, I guess there is rap like that around, but I... I I don't think it'd be particularly mainstream rap. Uh, I don't think you call an album Hose in Da Hood. That's a bit on not, the nose. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's dated quite a lot. Uh, I think a character just fucking obsessed with Photoshop being like, look at this. <laughs> oh, so I put no audience knowledge of Photoshop. Yeah. Explaining it as if it was magic. Also, what lasso tool is she using? Yeah. <laughs> she, ma- she makes light work of that. And also as well, when she just goes, I mean, this is just with images, but you can see the possibility with videos. It's a different thing. It would be harder, <laughs> way harder. Way harder. <laughs> well, like deep faking is not a thing until 2019. It's also really strange that she's getting so involved there as well. But this is a strange thing because Jonathan's already worked it out. Is he just going along with this chat? I wonder through that chat is actually helps jonathan get to the motivations because you yeah. can see how intent because he think he says oh you were trying to throw me off so i realized it was you yeah yeah uh, but can i also say that photoshop is shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's massive it's <laughs> on a beach with a big hat on <laughs> um but also as well jonathan doing some good acting there i couldn't do that if someone i knew who was behind it all was showing a thing i'd just be pissing myself laughing the entire time be like yeah is it photoshop is it not a live transmission and just watch her face watch her face ah she knows live transmission <laughs> oh this little square of tape oh probably no significance in my head guilty as I'd have the tape on my finger swirling around. Yeah, show me this fucking Photoshop, man. Come on. Uh, to be fair, he probably says no significance because he's talking to her. He's trying to like throw her off the scent. That's probably why he says it, actually. Yeah, maybe. 
Maybe that's why he does it, yeah. Also, I like when she goes with the tape, it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about it. Yeah. Put that away, wouldn't you? It's one of the three things involved in your <laughs> trick. No, just leave it with a little squirt cut. Just cut a strip off. I think that kind of, like, demographic chat, talking about demographics, I think. I've written it all down. 30, 32% didn't like his hair. Right. Why would you not? That's one of the best things about him. Do you think any of this is real? 12%. Imagine if it was 12% had a problem with posture. Mm-hmm. 11% thought he had a funny shaped face. Nice. 18% hated his shirt. And 40% hated his voice. <laughs> get, him off the, get him off the show. They were saying the BBC loved him. The BBC wanted 26 more episodes. Not the public, mate. They vote with their eyes. Like, yeah, I think all that all that demographic chat, I feel like that kind of portrayal is well out the window now. I don't think you'd get that anymore. I don't know. It just feels really... It's just the way that people are. Are people really like that? I don't know. We have it on YouTube. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe just don't talk about it in a... In a, a yeah. I um, I've put um, Dudley's PC speakers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cle- like clear Perspex Mac speakers. Uh, yeah. And then the other one I put was regarding George W. Bush as the worst president. Yeah. <laughs> like, I saw, I can't remember who tweeted it the other day. It might have been Sam Neill. But it was just like, when you're remembering George W. Bush fondly, <laughs> you know we're in the shit. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. I like that. Uh, puppet that he's made he's like he doesn't talk out of his mouth <laughs> I was like yeah that's great I love that you sound like Daniel Plainview then yeah <laughs> to be fair I have been talking a lot like Daniel Plainview just walking around the house I went Clara off and he's a cup of tea but like that'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> you're like she loves it honestly she loves it yeah it's fucking month three of lockdown we got to keep this shit going she's gonna get sick of me she's gonna see that i've only got three jokes um, i gotta, gotta try out the new material keep her interested okay let's do most british thing then having britain's tastiest bottom and all that loaded mm. magazines and stuff like that like I, i'm sure there was stuff like that in america but it felt like loaded, FHM, nuts, all that kind of stuff. That felt very British. Yeah, and we've said in the past that Jonathan, I guess, was originally presented as a man slightly different in that era. Yeah. Against the background of all this stuff. Because I've put this in um, Grot Cabinet, but Tastiest Bottom. This is an actual award called Rear of the Year. Yeah. In Britain. And I don't know if that's still going. I'm not, hopefully not. But yeah, it felt like all those magazines to get away with some fucking horrible bullshit all the time. Like really nasty shit, like counting down the days until certain pop stars were legal and shit like that. Like that was like a, a full, that was the front of a magazine or a newspaper and stuff like that. Like that's buzzing. That is, come on. How is that okay? It's not. That's the point. <laughs> Michael, ac- actually having Michael Grade, like ex-BBC commissioner and Channel 4 mm. guy in it but also that says so much about david renwick and the show's creators and stuff like that because he's not a good guy that he's pretty conservative bit of an arsehole like i only know about him from two things one of them is doctor who fans hate him because while he was head of the bbc he basically did an interview he was like i think shit 
I think is rubbish, has no place on the BBC, it looks crap, which, to be fair, a lot of Doctor Who people will be like, aren't you in control of how much money is spent on Doctor Who? If you think it looks crap, do something about it. And another thing as well is like, so then he went from BBC to Channel 4, where um, Chris Morris was making a lot of stuff and really got involved in a lot of Brassite, like was really against a lot of the stuff that went out with Brassite and like the paedophile special and things like that and tried to instigate loads of cut, like cuts and uh there so right now it's still it went up and it's on the dvd and stuff but there's a scene right at the end of a brass eye episode that ends with a single frame that just says michael grade is a cunt <laughs> and he was the commissioner at the time but yeah he's quite a conservative dude so i so he's the guy at the end yeah he's the he's the he's michael grade he's the guy who comes in oh so i didn't realize this was a thing at all i just thought yeah, it was yeah. a joke yeah i didn't realize it was such a kind of industry joke isn't it weird to have him in it because i guess he probably was the bbc commissioner at the time right maybe he loved jonathan Cree then yeah commissioned this episode yeah <laughs> but yeah that's that's a pretty british thing the radio times is a plot function i put radio times <laughs> it's amazing that the leading tv magazine was still called radio times yeah <laughs> you starting to see why it's a problem <laughs> You, we talk often uh, f- quite fond terms of like, because like you especially, I think you used to really like doing it, but at Christmas time. I used to go to town, I used to have highlighters. I think we've talked about this before. You said it uh, the other day, actually, when it was your mum's birthday. Yeah. You got her a new TV and you just went, mm. oh, mum loves telly. I, yeah. I think you and I say, I was a kid, <laughs> I fucking love telly. Yeah. I, I watch so much telly. And I was, I don't think I did anything else over Christmas, just watch stuff. But yeah, that's that's a it's used as a fucking plot device here. Is the radio time still going? Because I feel like they tried to do some kind of online stuff. Because I, I think like when I was doing film junkets, I would meet Radio Times people now and again. I guess it's online as well. But yeah, my mum still buys me the copy at Christmas. When I go home on my bed, oh. there's a copy of the Radio Times. But it doesn't really work anymore. And now there's pages in it that are telling you what's on Netflix. Yeah. I, I do get that that's them trying to be like, we're still relevant, please still buy us. You still need it, do you? Yeah. No. Especially because once they in, once they introduce that TV guide function into most, like, I don't watch TV like that, but my mum does. So my mum watches it and she goes through the TV guide on Sky, marks the things she wants to watch or record. Like, that's what she does. That's what people do now because that's a way easier way of doing it. Whereas now... Whereas then you would look at it and they'd have like the little video plus number that you could put the video plus into your video plus machine. So it would, re- it would record automatically if you wanted it to. One at one Christmas, I, I wanted a video with video plus. So for people who don't know, because we are quite old, but video plus was basically you could put a code into your video uh, and it would correspond to something that was on TV and it would rec- it would set all the timings automatically for yeah. it. So say you want to record Jonathan Creek, Jonathan Creek would have like a six digit code or whatever. You'd put that into your thing and then it would record that time every single time like it would record automatically you wouldn't have to worry about it the first time that i ever used it i was recording the film speed so when you do when you but when you're doing video plus you have to select whether you wanted standard play or long play so but the way that that's marked on the menu was it just said the word speed and then you had to you have to choose sp or lp so as a little kid i was like i i remember shouting for my mum being like it knows what i want to record 
And then I, and then like, well, it's only when I, when I tried to rec- put something else. I was like, oh, mum, it's trying to record speed again. <laughs> but what a weird, mad coincidence that it just happened to be the first thing that I wanted to record was speed. And then I thought the video was broken because of it. And then I had to find out that actually it doesn't know what I'm recording. It just, that those numbers don't re- correspond to anything other than time. I used to record all these shows and keep them. Yeah. Under my bed, you, you pull it out. I used to have a drawer and I used to write on it. I would have had Jonathan Cree, Red Dwarf, Bottom, yeah. all recorded. I've made my own copies. Absolutely, yeah. I did that with The Simpsons. and But because they were just shown, this is like, I, I don't know if The Simpsons are shown like this now though, but when Simpsons were shown to us, it was never in order. Like, it was just fucking whatever. They show whatever they want, whenever they want. Apart from the new episode on a Sunday night. The yeah. The rest were just... Exactly, yeah. So my tapes for The Simpsons were just all over the place series-wise because I used to tape every single episode. But it is strange now having them on Disney Plus and being like, God, I wish I could go back and tell like little Gav, like, you'll be able to watch whatever you want. But it is strange now. Then you don't watch it, though, because it's t- it's just there. I can't believe they've n- they should add a shuffle button. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think... I also think with Netflix or anything like that, you should be able to make custom playlists like Spotify and share them. Yeah. I wonder why that doesn't exist. Is it because people are too... Because it's a logged in thing. Is it because people are too stupid and it'll go wrong? Or I really don't know. Because maybe it's against how they want you... Maybe that goes against how they want you you to watch stuff. Yeah, maybe it's more acceptable with music. Although... They've done some curated list on Disney Plus. They've collected some Simpsons episodes around certain themes. Right. I think there's like here a bunch of Maggie Lisa episodes. Yeah. I I logged on to something the other day and I was like, I can't think of anything I care about less. And it was like, Oh, yes some like John from Netflix's highlights of the month. I don't know who the fuck John is. Why do I care? It's so like, whereas if it's like, oh, this is someone that I like, we're like Sylvester Stallone Netflix playlist. Yes, I love that. I want to know. I want to watch what he's watching. The films he grew up loving, or the films he watched while he was writing Rocky. Exactly. I don't want to, like John. I, they should hire a bunch. Uh, this is a massive tangent, but they should hire a bunch of editorial people to make cool Netflix lists. I think they're, they're getting close to that because they're doing a lot of content on like their YouTube channels and like social content stuff like that. But before you do all that fix the cool shit about netflix first but imagine if the playlist the first thing that auto plays is somebody introducing that playlist yeah for sure and you get that a junket this is a massive tangent this is our new business idea we're gonna go to netflix why don't we why don't we should yeah. just do this anyway just be like this is this is this is Krupa's netflix thing for the for the month i'm writing this down I'm just, well, to be fair, I said I'm writing this down. I just written the word Netflix down, so I don't know. We'll, you know, hopefully, yeah. We you don't want to. Yeah, that's that. better than having a bunch of films introduced by John Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> he is the fo- he he is the founder of the company, but uh, also so most British thing as well. Don't give a toss and shove it up your ass. That's good, but don't give. It's not don't give a toss. It's I don't give a tinker's toss, which I've never heard. No tinker's. Where does that phrase maybe? It was originally Tinker's Toss and it's got shortened. Yeah, maybe. It's not as good. Um, I've put having a sandwich on a date. <laughs> yeah. Because I also says, because he asks her out and they go for just, I guess it, it looks like they've got meal deals, uh, which is very British. But do you notice, this is obviously a production issue. He says to her, do you want to go for a sandwich? Ni- nice day outside. Yes. Yeah. Not a nice day at all. <laughs> 
It's really miserable and overcast. <laughs> yeah. And they're sat on a bench and it looks really cloudy and foggy. And he goes, mm, nice day outside. I think that's Brockwell Park as well. It looks like Brockwell Park. It's got the dips and it's... Where is Brockwell? Is that where you go for your birthday one? Um, we went for somebody's birthday once. It wasn't my one. It's a southeast it is, so... But I'm pretty sure that's Brockwell Park because it's so close to the road like that. And then there's a couple of nice pubs <gasps> across the road as well. But yeah, that's, that's all I got for most British thing. Do you have anything else? Yep. What do you have for Is That Alright? I've put actually the depiction of rap music. Yeah. And judging people who like rap music, not understanding it. I think mainly also when um, Carl is performing it. Yes. I think there's a slight, mm, slight racist undertone maybe to it. I think well, so. I, I think it is just there. Like I wrote down the tracks from the album. Right. I think I could spot them, and it's "Hose in the Hood," "Easy Does It," "Doggy Style," "Chronic," "Gangster Man," "Customer," "Badass," "Feeling It Up," "Horse Galore," "Being Up There." That's someone who's never listened to any rap music, isn't yep. it? Um, I wonder how close this was to the Louis Theroux episode of rap because that's similar, similarly done in tone, I think. Yeah. It's but quite... he really knows his rap though. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I always find that episode so strange um, because you don't get that from watching that episode and he's really into hip hop music. So I don't, you don't get that from watching that episode at all. I think that's, the, I know nothing about rap, but mm. even though I know nothing about rap, I don't think it's unsophisticated. No, exactly. Yeah. These people know nothing about rap. They treat it as, as if it's very unsophisticated. Yeah. And it is just what it says on the tin, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause she just goes, if you well, she makes the wild conclusion, if you listen to it, you're a sexist pig, you're horrible. And, yeah, yeah. and this is a gynecologist. And so I've also put She takes that really far. Well, I said that's also not alright. What she does after it. Yeah. She vandalizes his car. That's outrageous what she's just done she's also she she's a tv presenter in the public eye and she's gone and vandalized she's committed a crime and she hosts a crime show i can understand i can understand not like not wanting to go to a gynecologist if you thought that he, that's what he's into and you're not into that thing however ridiculous that is what i can't understand is then taking the next leap of vandalizing his car with paint for listening to a hip-hop album so yeah i think this belongs firmly in that is not all right vandalizing someone because they're listening to hip-hop music that is essentially what she's done i've got another that all right in a slightly different way so at the very end of the episode when they're in the dressing room with the dummy and stuff you see yeah. adam performing a trick on the tv yeah. So that's what's going on stage while Jonathan's in the dressing room. Yeah. That is footage of the trick that is performed in Gallows Gate. Is it? It's the trick where Adam's wearing a <laughs> turban from about three, four years ago. And they've reused footage of an old trick. It's exactly the same footage. It's the Huey Harper episode. But why is it? Why have they done that? Because they're saying, oh, it's going on right now. Yeah, I think so. I just think don't have any budget and just reusing oh, it as if people won't notice. He spent it all on the Freud trick the day before. That's what I was thinking when we were talking about the last episode, knew, knowing this was coming. Yeah, I think they've just... We need footage of Adam. It's going to be on a TV. Absolutely no point filming something with Adam and staging yeah. it all. Let's reuse it. That's just a bit crapper, isn't it? It's not even like a different take. It's just the actual episode take with the camera angles. He's not in any other episode or anything, is he? 
He's not in think he is. He's not in this one. No. Yeah, I I found that really strange. I rewatched um, I rewatched Creed and Creed Two recently, and uh, in that film, Adonis Creed never met his father, uh, Apollo Creed. So, but he's watching back old fights. Obviously, they don't have because the fights aren't real and didn't really happen in the sporting world. The only thing, the only camera angles they've got is the film camera angles from back then. So it feels so strange because they've got like a, like an ESPN overlay on them, but the angles and stuff are all like proper <laughs> like <cameraman>? cinema. <laughs> um, like and you know like that, that was it was like Oscar winning at the time. Like so it looks beautiful and looks really good, but it's like. <laughs> That just looks nuts now when you watch it back because it's just like shit. <laughs> that's just not that's just not a, a real boxing match going on at all. They don't they know they don't have that. And they need that because that's the entire emotional push of those films is his connection to his father and the fact that he didn't know him. And but it it's really odd watching it. <laughs> I know it's a lot of effort. But they could have restaged those on a film. Yeah, maybe because if you do it enough. Um, Sort of degradation, like great yeah. 70s TV, you could get away with it. I think so, yeah, yeah. Like 70s, like some of the 80s footage of Jordan, they've obviously remastered a lot. Yeah. You could get I'd away like, with it being fuzzy, I think. I'd like to go, I wonder like how much, because it was just so expensive to make film into an actual something that you could edit. And I, like the actual process of making films was, was so expensive whereas compared to like digital now which is still expensive but obviously not the process is very different i wonder how much stuff they actually have got or at the end of a film do you just chuck it all away i think there's some films obviously because they're expensive they don't shoot that much more yeah strange isn't it but yeah it's really really strange that is but yeah that, that is definitely not all right um should we open up the grot cabinet i don't have much for this i put rear of the tastiest bottom yeah it's a bit grotty but it's it's that british grot I just think Dudley's grotty. Yeah. Well, he's just got that naughty draw that he just, you know, he's obviously a little bit embarrassed by it because he waits till, the, till his PA's gone before cracking it out. Why are these um, beautiful women seen in Dudley? It's weird, isn't it? Because he's, he's, not, he's not very charming. He seems miserable. I don't know. Well, that's why I thought that maybe Maria was in on it. Because um, that makes a lot more sense then. Because I can kind of understand... You know, she's she's into music and she falls for him that she sees something in him, you know. And I I, understand, I do understand that. He refers to his time with Maria as 21 days of terminal ecstasy. <laughs> Again, Renwick has never had sex. Yeah, he's just, he just seems like a really seedy man, I think. Yeah, but I, I do, I don't think he goes, maybe a little bit seedy and maybe a bit pathetic. I don't think it quite goes into grot. Like, I don't think it goes into Klaus. No, I agree. I agree. I think it's slightly distinct. But yeah, because I don't really have much else. Because I, I feel sorry for him. And, I, and that's the thing is like, I've said it, but I, I do kind of like what they do with his character because it's a really strange situation that I've never seen before where it's like, he's actually fallen in love with the pop star. Can't believe his luck when she falls in love with him. But actually, when he gets to it, she's not the pop star all the time. He's She's actually just a normal lady and she doesn't care about doing all that stuff. He likes the fantasy but it's really sad because she generally, if generally feels like she loves him. Is this Grot, Pam dominating Jonathan a little bit? Not Grot, but it's like a... No. It's quite sexy. I mean, she's she's obviously got some kind of fetish for a dog. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it's probably Grot, isn't it? It's quite definitely Grot, yeah. Do, do you think she does and realises or it's a coincidence and 
Carla puts that in Jonathan's mind to get him away from Pam. I don't I don't think she does have a dog fetish, but I do think she is obviously replacing mm. the dog with him. But then that kind of is really strange when she is trying to do him doggy style. Yeah. You used to fuck your dog. But that's the thing, is like, do you are you do you love your dog or do you want him to be a dog? And you also want to be a dog. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's a different thing. It's like being in love with your dog in a sexual way as a human is one thing. But, oh, so do you want to be a dog as well? Because I haven't seen that because you've been acting like a human this entire time. Yeah. And that's different from pegging Jonathan Creek. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, also, that could probably go in the thing that's dated the most as well. That kind of attitude to it, which is like, mm. we're the wrong way around. It's like, not necessarily. Do what you want. Yeah, do what you want. Your windmill. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> also, I have put in this because I haven't really talked about it before, but I've walked. They've, this is one of the first time we've seen like around the windmill a little bit more because usually mm. we see like the straight upside outside of it, directly outside the door or kind of walking around the top. This we've seen like those paths and the paths that those girls are walking down and laughing. I've walked down that path because I've been to visit that windmill. Uh, it's awesome. But I also got I also got in trouble. Can we save up and buy it? I actually did look at windmills to buy the other day. Did you? You should well live, live. You, I would. I, if you were like, oh, Gav, I bought a windmill, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely, of course you are. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to live in this flat forever. One day. Yeah. Well, I tell when we can go. I think we should definitely take like a Sunday road trip down to the windmill. Oh yes, please. But what we will do that I didn't do when I went because I I was watching John in the Creek with an ex, really hungover, and. She really liked it. And she was like, I wonder where that windmill is. It's got to be somewhere in the UK. And I was like, well, he gets a train to London all the time. So we checked where it was and it's in Horsham. So she was like, you know, we could drive. At the time I lived in uh, like Southeast and she was like, you know, we could drive there in like about an hour and a half. And I was like, shall we just, she was like, do you want to go? I was like, yes, let's do it. So we jumped in a car, went and went straight there, found it. And like I was, I was reading all the way there, being like, "Can are we allowed to just go there?" And then I read that there used to be an owner who was really into Jonathan Creek and loved it. Then it was bought by someone who doesn't really care for TV, Jonathan Creek, or the fact that her windmill was used in a TV show, and doesn't want people coming there. And she'd petitioned for that exact path that those girls are walking down to be closed off because people were coming around all the time so that path was actually closed off we jumped over it went round couldn't quite see because it was a big gate there so we went all the way around the other side of it um, and got into a field and walked across the field and I jumped over a fence and then I just heard this door fucking blast open two dogs coming out and going mental and a woman going I'll set the dogs on you if you don't get out of this field and I was like oh hi we're just um can I take a photo of the windmill get out get out don't take any photos get away get away and I was like oh I've already taken a photo took one photo and then jumped over the fence and ran away so if we do go Daniel for a nice Sunday we should call ahead and just be like hi is there anywhere we can just come and just take some photos please come on Put some running shoes on. Put some running shoes on. We should, um, as this podcast gears up for release, yeah, we could go and do a Jonathan Creek Photoshop around London photo oh, shoot. Yeah, yes. Just because they're not very prominent places, just as outside Monument Station. Yeah, the Indian restaurant, which has Indian restaurant, which is which moved. has moved, but now has really horrible reviews. Um, um, outside all the theatres that Klaus has played in, I'll take them into Photoshop. Well, 
Because the inside, we've got to be able to find one of those. Because I always look at the inside of the theatres and I'm always like, I swear to God I've been here. Yeah. And I've been to much theatre in the in London, to be fair, so... We'll go see what's on there just so we can get a picture inside. Yeah, let's do it. And they're like, we, they, we, they see us taking photos in the thing and they're like, oh, bloody creek heads. Bloody creek heads in again. We should um, go... F- even if it's not the one, we should go to the Red Cap in Archway for a pint. Yes. Oh, 100%. I mean, I definitely, let's do that. 100%. Right, let's shut the grot cabinet then. And a bit of a romance update. When he's flirting with her, and I know she he's meant to be a dog, and the song is about a dog. Yeah. But that music, again, is so sitcom-y. And I just think, I'd like, if this was your first episode of Jonathan Creek... You just think, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's it's obviously the show has always had elements of comedy in. Yeah, this is like a, a weird interlude. Yeah, it's really odd. It's like played like a silent movie. Yeah, it's really strange. Maybe maybe just after a while of doing the show, you're more open to doing little weird things like that sequences because just I don't know. We haven't yeah we haven't really talked we talked about her but we haven't really talked about how good she is. But I thought Tamsin Greek is particularly good in this. But she is a really really good comedic actress, and I think she maybe dials it up just a little bit too silly. Um, I think if you play her a bit straighter, it almost becomes it becomes way better. Like if you're playing it a little bit straighter rather than a little bit less obvious. I totally agree. I think if this becomes a really cool mad little storyline i think uh, for instance i think it's good in the scene where they bring in her in quite a natural way to consult on the hair stuff in the video yes yeah yeah yeah. it's actually good because there's a reason to bring that character in because she works in hair and makeup and i think it's quite subtle in that scene when she just tousles his hair yeah (laughs) because you could do that to a partner like play with her hair but she does it in a way that she's stroking his head yeah, and I think that's the thing. Is like the it's a really big lingering shot on Carla. You're just like, oh, okay, this you, you I know there's something else going on. I didn't need that really massive lingering shot. To be fair, I guess the overarching question is, does Carla care? I think. So. Uh, well, this is the thing. They, she, it. I think they're trying to go into this Maddie and Jonathan thing where because you know she says in this episode like I, I hate this glee that you got from treating me like a five-year-old which we like maddie had similar feelings quite a lot of the time yeah but with this i i don't feel i really don't feel it's come from a place of like fondness or warmness from jonathan i don't know what it is it's like she's they're just angry at each other all the time but not in a fun sexual chemistry way no because the fun of Maddie and Jonathan is a will they, won't they? Yeah. This is should they, shouldn't they? Because there's a big moral yeah. implication because she's married and they shouldn't. Yeah. So it's not as fun. <laughs> it really isn't. And I, I also think, because we've said, you know, from episode one, like when Maddie was in, Maddie is almost like playing the part of the audience and kind of being, you know, teasing things out of Jonathan. Hmm. But he's never, it never felt like he was purposely withholding stuff. Yeah. It almost felt like he he's working it out. So he hasn't revealed it because he's working it out. Whereas in this, he knows it and he says to it, you know, if I told you that, it wouldn't be a clue. And he's like, why are you doing this? It doesn't make any sense the way that he treats her. Also, because there has been a time jump and he's had this relationship with Carla. Mm. It almost seems Jonathan has fundamentally changed with how he approaches women and relationships. Yeah. Throughout the entirety of the first three seasons in Black Canary, and we find out about this specifically in Black Canary, Jonathan 
is not equipped for a relationship, doesn't want a relationship, yeah. thinks everything's always going to go wrong. That's why he doesn't go for a coffee with Charlotte, the, the love of his life, the lust of his life, as Adam calls it. And that's what plagues him and Maddie. He doesn't want to commit. He has a relationship with Carla. He seems to get in a relationship pretty quickly with Pam. Yeah. If that is a relationship, it seems like he's quite open to now starting things with women when for the preceding four or five years it's been a big problem for him yeah i don't get it that's the thing and i think i that's unfortunately probably down to how erratic the release of these episodes are where a lot of stuff has to happen off screen which isn't fair or it's it's definitely not satisfying when you're like Wait, so sorry, where is he? Where is he emotionally right now? Yeah. Because I haven't seen any of it. So now he dates, does he? Yeah, and yeah. In an alternate universe, Gav, mm. Maddie and Jonathan are moving in together this season. Yeah, I think so. They've, they What they did in the last Christmas special, which would have been Satan's Chimney, mm. we found out that they did have sex again Yeah. after Miracle in Crooked Lane, and it was good. And they're in a relationship in Satan's Chimney. Yeah. And at the end of that episode, the beat is him giving her a magic box with nothing in it. She closes it. She opens it up again. And it's a key to the windmill. Absolutely. And then I think at the end of this series, I think we've got a load of funny stuff of her. Because the dummy thing is, is works without them because the dummy comes up and wakes Maddie yeah. up. When they're in bed and she lives there now, yeah. She's like, why have we got this 12-foot dummy? And then I think then there's some, not tension, but I think there's a storyline to be had then. At the end of this series, Maddie is pregnant and the next series is them, is him having to say goodbye to the windmill, but not because he's leaving his life behind, because he's improving and going on to, he's, buy, he's buying a castle, <laughs> a magic castle. A magic castle. <laughs> and also, he doesn't have to give up the magic because Maddie loved the magic. Yeah. She loved the man and she loved the magic. And we'll get on to why that, I can't even talk about him giving up the magic, Gav. I can't even talk about it. We'll have to deal with it soon, mate, but. On the next episode, we're dealing with a man in the mirror who can change his face in the tailor's dummy. Up the Creek is produced by RKG. We make podcasts and videos about games, movies, basically anything fun, including 23-year-old BBC shows about a magician's assistant who lives in a windmill. If you'd like to find out more, visit patreon.com forward slash RKG.